this next song it's called my one my all uh, it says just one touch and everything changes and I think that's God's love in a sentence I think at any moment he can touch us and everything can be changed so as we th as we sing this just sing it out he's our one he's our all so just sing this today just one touch and everything changes everything changes with one word and the world rearranges the world rearranges by one love Death was defeated, death was defeated, this one love has paid for my freedom, paid for my
God, thank you for this day that you've given us, for the beautiful sunrise this morning and for that extra hour of sleep. Um, thank you for everybody who's come out this morning just to worship you and hear about you. Thank you for this worship that we have together. And I pray for Betsy as she speaks for all of us, help her words not just to be her own, but that they're words from you and that will touch each and every one of us. All right, well, good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? Woo-hoo! All right, so if you guys don't know who I am, my name is Betsy, and I'm going to be talking to you guys today. And I'm super excited, and I'm honored for the privilege to be able to speak to you guys today. And we're going to be continuing our series called Pick Fresh about the fruit of the Spirit. And today I'm going to be talking to you guys about the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness. Now I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, when Ryan asked me to speak about the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, I was low-key kind of a little disappointed. I was like, gentleness? This is like kind of the loser fruit of the Spirit. I don't know what to say. But like that was like my own sinful heart. And like as I was studying gentleness and looking at gentleness, God was able to convict my heart and he revealed some truths about gentleness. And I'm actually super excited to share with them share those truths with you guys today because gentleness is such an important fruit of the spirit and I am just excited for all of us to dive in and to understand it a little bit more. So if you guys have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. It says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Will you guys pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day, and thank you for this, um, this opportunity to speak and this opportunity to understand and to learn this fruit of the Spirit gentleness. I pray that Lord, I pray that this is your message and it's not my message, Lord. And I pray that the Holy Spirit is ever active and is ever present with us this morning. In Christ's name, amen. So what exactly is gentleness? As I was trying to find the best definition for gentleness, the best thing I could come up with is sensitive actions or behaviors with the intention to not do unnecessary harm. It's being aware of the things that you say and what you do. It considers another's feelings before our own. It's sort of like those lines that we say if we're breaking up with someone or rejecting someone, instead of just being like all blunt, like I just don't like you anymore. Or just being like, you honestly, you kind of smell really bad. We will typically go the more gentle route and be like, no, 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 it's not you, it's me. We try to be as gentle and as catering to the other person's feelings as possible. And as I think about gentleness, I thought of the first day I got my iPhone. So are there any other iPhone lovers in the room? I can't really, I don't understand the Android, so if you guys are Android people, I can't relate to you. But, <laughs> so going to the Apple store is such an experience and there's like so much excitement going into one if you know you're about to walk out with something. 
The Apple store is white. It's clean. The doors are all glass. All like the tables all match. They're all light brown. And you're going in. And I just remember going in and picking out my iPhone and taking a lot of time considering the perfect color. Did I want the gold? Do I want the silver? But I went with the rose gold because it was a little cuter. And so as they're giving me this perfect little box that has my iPhone in it, it's just like the most satisfying way of holding it. And you're just looking at it, and I'm holding it with two hands, and I'm like, this is probably the most beautiful thing I've held in my entire life. And you see like those like clear plastic coverings over the white box. You like peel it off, and it all comes out in perfectly one. And then you're like taking off the lid of the box, and it's so like form-fitted to the box. It's like so satisfying. And then you see the box inside is so organized and so beautiful and so crisp and so clean. And you touch this new iPhone, and it's just beautiful. And probably the best part about getting a new iPhone is like that clear sticker that you peel off of the screen. You guys know what I'm talking about. It like looks so clean and so perfect. I just remember looking at it and like, oh, this is the best thing in the world. You're just so happy with it. And I just remember taking my iPhone home that day. I had to put a case on it because it's like tragic to see a naked iPhone. It like is so nerve wracking because you don't know what's going to happen to that thing. And all day I'm just holding it. I'm just wiping off any surface, if it, there's like crumbs, if it's like wet, if it's dirty, I make sure to brush it off and then I set it on the table. Everyone has to wash their hands before they touch my new iPhone. And if there's a little like fingerprint mark on the, like a smudge on the screen, you have to wipe it off. And I'm thinking about how I'm treating this phone. I'm treating it so gently, so tenderly. I'm loving it so much. And I think, why am I treating this phone like this? And it's because I value this phone. I'm treating it with gentleness because I value it. And I think that's such an important concept to understand is we treat things with gentleness that we value. If you value something, you're going to treat it with gentleness. I think that's an important part to understand the topic of gentleness. And with, along with gentleness... Before I go into Matthew 11, 28 through 30, I want to talk a little bit about the misconceptions of gentleness. Because I think with gentleness, there's a lot of things that we get confused by, and there's a lot of misconceptions that surround gentleness. So, for example, the first one is, I think a lot of times when we think of gentleness, we think it as weakness. We think it that it is something weak. If we describe something as gentle, it's typically something that's weak whether it be a newborn baby, we'll typically see that that's such a gentle little thing because it's, it can't really defend itself. It can't really do much on its own. It's so gentle. Or we think of a baby lamb. I would describe that as gentle because it's not really like the fiercest predator in the animal kingdom. It's like this soft little fluffy little animal, and we typically say that that's a gentle animal. And we start to make gentleness and weakness the same thing. But actually, in Scripture, we find that that is the exact opposite. Again, if you guys have your Bibles, go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. We're going to be jumping around a little bit today. Philippians 4, chapter 5 says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. In the NIV, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And this verse is saying that gentleness is not really a weakness, but it's a strength. 
And to understand, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of the context behind this verse. So Paul is telling the church of Philippi to let your gentleness be evident. Let it be something that people can describe you as in the midst of persecution. The people in the church of Philippi were, in, were facing difficult circumstances. They were facing persecution, but Paul is encouraging them in the midst of hard times to let gentleness be the overarching characteristic that they're described as. So with gentleness, I think of if you guys ever experience, if someone says something to you that kind of strikes you the wrong way, or you're irritated or you're angry, and you have two different ways to respond. One way, it's a quick anger. You can respond in anger and aggressiveness, or you can respond in a gentle manner. And it's much harder to respond to people with gentleness. I think it's human nature when we're faced with a difficult circumstance or difficult people to respond quickly with anger, with bluntness, with harshness, not considering the other person's feelings. It takes a lot of strength to be gentle. It's not a weakness. The next misconception I, I want to talk to you guys today about is that gentleness is negative. And I think this is a prominent misconception that our culture has put out to us. So in our society, we value achievement, the American dream. We, we aspire to be the winning team. We don't really root for the other team. We root for our team. We want to win. It's good to be blunt. It's good to be aggressive in our culture. We are constantly telling people to go after it, to not consider about the other person's feelings, but to make sure that you yourself are getting ahead. But again, that's not the case with scripture. Matthew 5, verse 5 states, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, meekness is kind of the same thing as gentleness. So this verse could really be saying, blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. And this is, scripture is saying that it's a positive thing to be gentle. It's a blessing to be gentle. It's a good thing. Our culture is constantly telling us that we shouldn't be gentle, but scripture is refuting that and telling us that we should be gentle. It's a good thing. It's a positive thing. And the last thing about gentleness that I think we are falsely believing is that Gentleness means that you avoid confrontation. I think sometimes when we think that we're being gentle, it means that we're not confronting someone. It means that we're not having a hard conversation. It means that we're acting like a doormat. Or we're, not, we're afraid to say something hard or something that is negative to someone else. But that's not the case. In Galatians, Galatians 6, 1, we see Paul saying that that is actually not the case. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual shall restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So a lot of times in our world, we separate gentleness and confrontations. But in this passage, Paul is encouraging us to put those two together. That when we're faced with a confrontation, when we're faced with a problem, we should be acting in gentleness. Those two should go hand in hand together. 
And I think it's important to understand the misconceptions around gentleness so that we can have a better understanding of what really the spirit of gentleness is. So gentleness is a strength, it's a good thing, and it is a part of confrontations when we're having hard conversations with people. So now we can go to Matthew 11, 28 through 30, and we're going to spend um, more time on this on these couple of verses to learn about gentleness. And the best way to know how to be gentle is to look at the person of Jesus Christ. And in this passage, Jesus is being a great and perfect example of what gentleness is. So again, Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. For you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there's a lot of things in this verse that sticks out to me that shows the characteristics of how Jesus is displaying gentleness in these passages, in this passage. The first one is found in the first couple of words. It says, come to me all. I picture Jesus sort of opening his arms as he's saying this. He's inviting people to come to him. He's welcoming people in to experience this gentleness. He wants people to seek him out to find this gentleness. It's also so important that he says the word all. Jesus isn't offering this gentleness just to people who are already following him or people who are nice or people who we think in our society are bad, but Jesus is offering gentleness to every single person. He's inviting all people, regardless of who they are, to accept this gentleness. I also see in this verse that Jesus is actually caring about the burdens that people are carrying. That Jesus actually cares about the problems in other people's lives. This is a genuine concern and a genuine love. He sees the burdens and he understands the burdens, and he actually cares. And that's so important. I think when I was younger, I would be self-conscious of the problems that I was facing because I would look at other people and in their lives. They're going through so much things that are so much harder than what I was going through, and I thought that Jesus didn't care. And I thought that Jesus was telling me, Bex, I don't want to carry that light burden. I want to focus on the other burdens. But in this passage, that is completely false. What I believed was not true. Jesus isn't looking at our burdens in a condescending way. He cares about them all. Whether we think that they're light, whether we think that they're heavy, Jesus is caring about all types of burdens that each of us are carrying. And that is just so important to understand that Jesus is actually caring about each of us individually for what we are going through. The next thing I see is that Jesus is displaying humility in the midst of gentleness. And I see this when he says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. That word lowly shows that he's acting in humility. He's not putting himself down. He's not saying that, oh, I am so he's not like negatively talking about himself, but he's saying people are, are more valuable than I am. I want to care about another person before I care about myself. 
Jesus doesn't carry people's burdens to show off. And he isn't just highlighting how weak we are just to show how strong he is. He is doing this in a humble heart. He's doing this in a humble way. He doesn't, he doesn't think that he's too good to help someone else, but he's rather getting ready to go in the midst of someone's burdens and physically carry it with two arms. It's such an intimate thing to help someone carry something. The image of him doing this is him getting on the ground and helping us carry that burden off of himself. He, it's becoming a part of him. He's sacrificing his own comfort to help another person. The gentleness that Jesus is describing has humility involved with it. The last key thing to this passage that I see is involving the word yoke. And every time I hear the word yoke in the Bible, I always think of an egg yoke, but that's not what this is. It is a wooden cross piece that is fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to a plow or cart that they are to pull. Jesus is saying, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's asking us to take that yoke upon his yoke upon us. He wants to attach himself as like two oxes were attached to themselves with this yoke. He wants us to do the same. He wants us to be connected to him. He wants us to be close to him. The important thing about a yoke is that it's form-fitted for that animal. If In those times, if they're putting a yoke on an animal, they make sure that that yoke fits that ox. It's not a one-size-fits-all. They measure it. They make sure that it fits. It's form-fitted for that animal. And Jesus' yoke is also form-fitted for us. He's approaching each of us in an individual and unique way in order to comfort us and to help carry our burdens. He's not lumping us all together, but he sees us each as individual people. This yoke that he's inviting us to accept and to be a part of is relational from Jesus Christ. In those times when they would use yokes for animals, it would typically be with um, oxen. So one of the ox would be stronger than the other ox, and they would link these two together. And that was the best way to make sure that the cart went forward. One ox was clearly stronger than the other, and the strong ox would help push the weak ox forward. And in the same way, Jesus is our strong ox. We're the weaker ox, and Jesus is allowing himself to help us move forward with our burdens. We need to rely on him to help us move forward with our burdens that we are carrying, and Jesus is offering a way out. So this whole passage is just describing Jesus' gentleness that he is um, showing in this passage. So why is Jesus showing gentleness? Why is Jesus wanting to show gentleness to all people? And I think it has to do a lot with why I treated my phone so gently. It's because he values us. Jesus is showing us gentleness because he values each of us. 
He sees us as a precious individual. He wants to take care of us. He sees us as valuable, so he wants to be gentle with us. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it reads, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. In this verse, we're told that we should also be displaying gentleness in our lives. That the same gentleness that Jesus is displaying should be the same gentleness that we are displaying to people in our lives. We should be dis- displaying this gentleness that concerns all different types of people. We should be displaying gentleness that is actually genuine and intentional with people. It should be done with humility rather than pridefulness. And it should be relational. And as we wrap up this talk on gentleness, I see one problem with gentleness. You see, yes, I did treat my phone so gently the first day. But if you look at how I treat my phone today, it's vastly different. I doesn't have a screen protector anymore. I don't care if it gets gross. I throw it on my bed. I don't treat it with the same gentleness that I once did. And I think that shows that after a while, when we become comfortable with something, we lose our gentleness. We sometimes treat the people we value most in the world without gentleness, namely our families and our close friends. I'm going to be honest with you guys, when I was a freshman in college, I started to realize that my parents actually had feelings, which sounds honestly ridiculous, but I, there was one day where a switch just clicked in my brain, and I thought back to the things I would say to my parents and how I would say it to my parents, and I thought, if someone said that to me, I'd probably start crying, and I realized that my parents were people. And I know we think that our parents are, like, indestructible, but they're not. They're actually people. And as I grow older, I'm terrified to become a parent because I'm like, I don't want someone talking to me like how I talk to my parents. (laughs) But I realize it's so easy for us to just not be gentle with our parents. I think a lot of the times we have a certain amount of energy. We have a jar of niceness and kindness that we go through our day. We try to be cordial to our teachers, we try to be respectful to our coworkers, to the people that we work with, to strangers on the street, we try to be nice and kind to our friends, but when we come home, we're exhausted, and rather than taking extra time to speak with gentleness and to act with gentleness to our parents and our siblings, we take the easy way out, and we act with aggressiveness and anger. And I think that's a glaring issue with the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness. I think it's something that all of us deal with, whether it be with our parents, it could be with our siblings, it could be with your grandparents, or even a close friend, I think. So I wanted to encourage you guys to, yes, show gentleness to all people. Yes, be gentle to the people that you don't know very well. Yes, please do that. But I want us to today 
to really consider how we treat our parents and how we treat the people closest to us and really evaluate if we're treating them with gentleness. Are we making an effort to take the extra challenge of gentleness to those closest to us? Will you guys pray with me? Dear Lord, I just thank you for your gentle spirit and the way you gently discipline us and the way you gently love us and the way you gently carry our burdens for us. Lord, I think back to all the times that you have been so gentle to me and how that's helped me in my own life, Lord, and I pray that you allow us to show that gentleness to the people around us and the people in our lives. I thank you so much for this day. In Christ's name, amen. All right, will you guys stand with us?
last song just reminded me of one of the best things that Jesus is called, one of my favorite things that Jesus is called is being a good shepherd and how shepherds are just so gentle with their sheep. And I was just reminded of how encouraging and how comforting that is, that Jesus loves us that much to just gently guide us and to just be there for us, to comfort us and to love us. And I'm just so thankful for that truth. Hope you guys have a good rest of your week. See you guys next week. Love you all.